0: We're live. No, nope. starting... Now? No. Do you want me to do the intro? You let me
1: finish? Well, I just thought...
0: I'm going to tell us when we're starting, and then you do the intro. Okay. You get it?
1: Yeah, no, I got it.
0: Seems like you don't get it. No,
1: I'm understanding.
0: Like Okay. Starting... Now.
1: Do I just say it because his idea... <laughs> Idea was that you tell me that it's where the guest does the. Intro.
0: Don't don't ever listen to the producer. Okay, this is the podcast where you introduce us. Yes, like you're the host, but I'm the host. I get all the credit. It's yes. not because it's creative indifference, because I just don't feel like doing it. That's so, fair.
1: Do it. I can do that. Okay. Um. Welcome to the Bink Film Podcast. The podcast. Where we talk all things. Start over. That was was horrible. Welcome to the Big Film Podcast, where we talk all things movie, music, and entertainment topics. I'm today's guest, Joshua Rivers, and across from me is the host, Eric Berg Gordon, Gordon Berg. Uh,
0: EGB. I actually am just getting something in my ear. Uh, You're actually not the guest.
1: This is weird. (laughs) It's even worse than we're picking up that phone vibrating, which could be mine. It's mine.
0: That's part of the reason you're not
1: supposed to be here. It's my girlfriend.
0: I heard from these really below-entry student-level filmmakers that you had a film idea.
1: I did. I do. Okay. Would you like to hear it?
0: Not really, but I got to fill this. So. We have, I mean, there's other topics, right? Like, No, let's do it. It'll probably be funny.
1: Okay. I mean, well, it's not a comedy. Um, I It'll probably be funny. It could be. Evil Dead, kind of. Ish. Terrible movie. There's another, you're wrong. That's I just saw, not right. Like, I went and saw the new one. I didn't see the new one. I was oh. talking about the old one. Oh. Are Dude you one of those, arm? the originals way better? No, 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 no. I saw okay. I saw the um, the remake that came out in like 2000, what was it, 13, 14? The first one, the the, the one that the sequel is based on. The one where it's like the meme where it's just the witch who's in like the basement and she's like, why don't you let me suck your cock, pretty boy? And she's like all possessed. And the dude's at the top of the stairs like, "Ah." Oh that one.
0: If I see that movie, I will probably quit filmmaking. I would hope not. I went and saw the sequel. Yes. Haven't seen the original. It's like the original, like the 1980s original? Whichever came before, I don't know. Okay. So, I went and saw it. I go to the movies a lot. And I went and saw it, and
1: it was, like, really bad. It's, I heard this one isn't good. What
0: what I mean is, like, They do things for shock value, and that's just kind of it. Yeah. Like, they do these really gross things that make you go, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. But then you're like, but why did they do that?
1: That's the whole reason I can't really get into the Terrifier movies. And not to knock them, like, there's a whole genre and niche out there that, like, people enjoy, like, you know, hostile, Terrifier, those those kind of, like, shock gore films, which is fine. I mean, to each their own. It's just it's not something that I could ever... There's got to be something more to it. Gore is fine when it's used appropriately. Like, Green Inferno is another one where it's just like, it's just gory for the sake of being gory. Like, the story to it isn't a whole, really all that interesting. To me, there's going to be people who listen to this and are like, I tell you, mother. And no, I, it's to each of their own.
0: You said that yours is a, a horror.
1: Yeah. Right? So, the idea, this is well, probably. Been... I'm
0: not finished. I was going to say something.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, so, hopefully, your movie doesn't end this way. I hate horror movies where either everyone just dies right, or like in the movie we we're talking about, the thing that they're up against is just like so unstoppable and powerful and invincible that you're just kind of like...
1: What's the point?
0: Yes. Right. And I that's think, why I didn't like that movie.
1: I think there's a level of... There has to be a level of like mysticism to it, right? So, one of my favorite horror films of all time is The Blair Witch Project. And the reason I like that movie is because you never... People are scared of what they can't see. People are scared of what they don't know, right? That's like, like n- nobody is a fan of change. Nobody really wants to change. And I think the reason that The Blair Witch was so successful... With, you know, this low budget, not going beyond the fact that people thought it was real for the longest time where everybody was like, holy shit, they actually found footage of people being murdered by a ghost.
0: Did people actually believe? Oh, yeah.
1: For a while there, like people would like go into the hills in that. I can't remember where it was filmed, but like people would go into the mountains there in the woods. Did you go into the mountain? Dude, I was like eight years old when that movie came out. So no. But the reason I liked it so much is because the actors themselves gave this sense of being scared. Like, po- portrayed this this terror that they felt so well that you didn't have to see it. You didn't have to see what was chasing them. You didn't have to know if it could be beaten, if they could make it. All you had to know was that they were scared shitless, and so were you. And this whole...
0: Um, Why do you have to know that you were scared?
1: I, I don't... Not that you have to know that you're scared, but you play <laughs> off on these other I'm people's kidding. fears. Okay. So, but... I, I don't know. I, it's it's one of my favorite ones. It's it's The reason I liked it is because they were able to make it happen. Like, number one, the low budget, the fact that it's just a camcorder makes it feel that much more real. Like, I can watch that movie today and still enjoy it knowing that it's all fake, knowing how it's going to go. I still enjoy watching it.
0: Are you saying that you would enjoy it more if you knew it was real?
1: I wish I could recreate the way it felt to watch that movie for the first time. That's what I mean.
0: So you enjoyed that? You thought it was real?
1: I didn't think it was real. By the time I was actually old enough to like watch it and enjoy it, it was all like, "Hey, man, we were just making a movie." But like, I still watched it and was still like, "Oh, that's fucking creepy. I really like that." So
0: I'm just trying really hard to get you to say that you liked watching people die.
1: I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> you ever not, been on Reddit, dude? Like, <laughs> you're not. You're
0: not going there. You keep. You're like a sports.
1: I'm desensitized to it, right? Like, it's I've, like a
0: sports interview,
1: right? Why do you guys think you lost? You know, we got a really good group of guys.
0: (laughs) Tell me about this horror film.
1: So the idea that I had was this is I kind of thought of it just off the rip. So you're going to shred this and that's fine. Off the what? Off the rip. Off the cuff. I'm not wearing cuffs, but if I were, the story would be coming off of them. That's where it was. Now it is here. I like films uh that take place in the woods, particularly scary films because um the woods and forest there's always some kind of level of uh mystery to them, there's like this uh this unknown factor to them. like if you ever wander like one of the scariest things you can do is and I, I challenge anybody to do this I mean just walk out into the middle of the woods in a location that you don't know with nothing on you, like if you're backpacking and hiking, like yeah, you're gonna be fine, but like just wander out there, spend the night with just yourself, spooky as shit um. Do you
0: think that the woods are more spooky for say like Gen Z since they don't really go outside? I'd
1: be willing to bet there's probably a decent correlation there. <laughs> I would I'd I'd read a report on that. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm not. I'm it's, my
0: you head. need to go back there because you're so distracting.
1: <laughs> Do I need to lay off the jokes? This is gonna be the choppiest, right. sloppiest podcast. Do your thing. Just do your thing. I don't trust you. I don't like the fact that he's—he's he's going to play Diablo. Is he, <laughs> he just it's leaves to totally play Diablo?
0: That would be funny as
1: <laughs> fuck. Okay. The uh, the gist of it is, is I had this idea that a group of people, the the film would start am in my. Am I... Do we talk about like the breakdown of like start to finish? Like, do we want to ruin it, or do you want me to just give you the idea, like a like a trailer version?
0: Uh, you can ruin it if you want. Okay. Because we do, like, all of our behind-the-scenes stuff ahead of time. Then
1: let's ruin it. Okay. Um, the idea that I had was the the intro, like, the start of the film is just a, a dude, let's call him me, uh, is running through the woods, just terrified, out of his mind, just sprinting through the woods, looking over his shoulder, like, running as fast as he can, like, trees, branches bouncing off of him like he's just he's absolutely shook he's terrified that something is chasing him and he gets to a point in the woods where he inevitably old horror movie cliche clips a branch something and just goes fucking face first into the dirt and gets up to his knees and is just heavy breathing and it can just break down into like this like sobbing from exhaustion and from just like the 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 hopelessness of the situation because of whatever's chasing him right and then I had this idea of like this like amber reddish light like growing on his face and like getting brighter and him looking up and clearly like horrified at what he sees and this um this like earthy like tree mossy hand reaches out and grabs him by the chin, right? And then that's boom, cut, done with the intro. Uh that's how the movie starts. Uh following that I had this uh, idea that I'm going to say I had this idea a lot because it's going to basically be like each portion of the film. Uh, Beyond that, I really thought it would be cool to, you know, it cuts to a group of friends getting ready to go on a camping trip and everybody's packing their bags up and they're getting all the stuff loaded up in the truck. It's a pretty jovial mood, right? Like everybody's pretty down to get going camping but it's not like super hyped up right it's not like it's not like a a college party by any means right like they're not loading cases of beer in there we're gonna go out into the woods and get fucked up like some friday the 13th shit so the friends get ready they're going camping and the guy that we saw in the beginning is in the car with them He's, he's with them pretty much everywhere they go. Like, you know, maybe they stop at a supermarket to buy some food or they load up in the car and stop at a gas station. He gets out, stretches his legs and whatnot, but he's, he's with them the the whole time, but they don't interact with him. Nobody talks to him. Um, and, and he just kind of says things in passing that nobody really responds to, right? Like Heather, your shoes untied. And then maybe she might like glance down and notice her shoes untied and start tying her shoes. Right. But she doesn't say like, Oh, Hey, Thanks like doesn't acknowledge him at all and they get to this camping trip and the 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 big spoiler alert here is this dude is dead right like he's gone he's just with them in spirit kind of right like a ghost essentially like going on this camping trip with them and he uh we we leave little subtle clues to this right like kind of like the sixth sense does and and I'm not trying to rip off the Sixth Sense by any means, but the, the little trail of breadcrumbs that Shyamalan leaves that, like, really makes you think that this guy, like... If you really watch it again... Sixth Sense is one of those movies where it's like, when you watch it again, you're like, it's so fucking obvious. Like, how did I not see that? So, like, little breadcrumbs like that. Like, maybe they walk through a puddle, and when he steps in the puddle, the water doesn't move. But, like, it's not, like, the focal point of the shot, right? So, just little things that maybe, like give the audience a hint maybe he doesn't change his clothes and it takes place like the following day right like the following day that everybody wakes up like oh man like i'm really glad we could come back to the spot i'm really glad we could all meet up for this and he's there but he's wearing the same outfit right so the idea is is we would want to lead the audience into thinking that that beginning portion of the film was potentially the ending of the film right but the reality is is that this that that was the true start of the film that's it's already happened this is a terrible idea. I'm well aware of it. And there's probably going to be a better way to do this. So go ahead and let me know if you got better ideas. But from there, this uh I, I kind of don't really have all the details in my head about how this would go down, but shit's going to start to go down, right? Like like the, the noises, the whispers in the woods, the, the things that are really going to get people spooked and startled begin to happen. The The climax of this film is going to be the the reveal of the friend like suddenly people start interacting with him and talking to him like they just saw him for the first time and they're like where the fuck have you been like people have been searching everywhere for you it's been over a year like where did you go and then the friend could just start fucking going to town and in his friends right and i'm with you i'm not about that bullshit about you know everybody dies in a horror film It's, it's very cliche. Oh, like I can't think of a scary movie that I've seen recently and I love scary movies, but it's one of the things that I don't like, right? Like there's no, like you can't win. Right. And that's kind of bullshit. Like you can scare people, but the biggest thing you can give people is like hope of a way out. Like that's the scariest thing to them is the fact that they could make it. That makes people fight even harder. That makes them even more scared because there's a way out. You just got to get to it you know and that that puts that intensity up just an extra notch because there is a way out but you do have to fight for it you do have to get there when you create this overbearing overpowered creature it it just doesn't it doesn't work right like the audience knows what's going to happen before they get even remotely close to the end like you can watch a movie like sinister or something like that and, and Sinister is one of the better scary movies I've seen recently. I really enjoyed it, but everybody dies. And you kind of see it coming. So this
0: is kind of a everyone dies, but it's a little different. Not everybody's going to die. No, what I'm about to say. Okay. What if he's trying to talk to his friends and they don't want to talk to him, right? You probably experience that all the time. But in this case, <laughs> it's because he's dead, right? Right. Then at the end, finally, they acknowledge him and he's he's just like you know why why aren't you guys talking to me what is going on and maybe they just leave or whatever happens he has to separate from them physically and as he's walking he stumbles upon their bodies and you end up realizing that they just died also so flipping so no so they're all dead now right so initially he's just dead they don't know he's dead, and then finally they interact with him, and then he
1: realizes, oh my god, they're dead. That sounds interesting, but isn't that almost like a carbon copy rip of The Others?
0: Which one was that again?
1: The Others had Nicole Kidman, uh, came out in the early 2000s. She's basically um, a, uh, a wife waiting at home for her husband to come back from the war. Uh, she keeps all the curtains in the house closed because her children have a harsh reaction to sunlight. And then she finds out near the end of the movie because the housekeeping staff basically tell her, like, yo, lady, like, we're all dead. The ghosts in the house that you're seeing are the people that live in the house now.
0: Okay, but you could do it where, like, you can make it really dark where he realizes that he could have somehow saved them,
1: maybe. Possibly. Yeah, that's interesting.
0: But because he was so, like, blinded by the fact that they wouldn't talk to him. He didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. Because he got emotional. And then by the time he realizes it, it's too late. And he's like, wow, if I wouldn't have been such a baby, maybe I could have saved them.
1: Maybe. The the idea I had was that... I just want to blurt it out because otherwise I'll forget it because I'm literally making this up as I go right now.
0: So it's not an idea you had. It's not an idea I
1: had. It's an idea I have and soon will not. So we need to get through this. Um, The idea was is that... He, they like they they acknowledge him, and then he's just like not himself, and then he just goes fucking ballistic, right? Like attacking them, like not with like supernatural powers and shit like that, but almost just like a regular person, like choking people to death, like just tra- traditional serial killer shit. But they um they start to like you know they 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 start to fight him, and they realize that like he's you know, you you can beat him, like you can attack him, but they notice that nothing really kills him, right? Like not the way like not like like if you stab somebody they should be down on the ground at least holding their stomach and stabbing him doesn't do anything. Think of almost like um you ever seen the 28 movies, 28 days later, 28 weeks later. How they're they're zombies but they're not dead, right? Like they're not the living dead. They're just people infected with a virus of rage. Like you can starve them to death, you can shoot them and they'll eventually bleed out. It doesn't have to be in the head. You know, th- these things affect them. Something similar to that but without the like freakishly screaming and yelling. I thought of um you seen the trailer for Diablo 4 you know when the guy whips around with the axe and he hits old boy in the face and it knocks his jaw almost clean off but he's still standing there and comes back uh, after him basically something similar to that where like they are able to do damage to him and they're able to make him you know slow him down but they can't quite kill him and then at the end somehow some way they're finally able to drop him he's done he's down for the count like he's dead it's over And as they, you know, however many of them are left, say it's a group of five, maybe two make it out, maybe three make it out, Maybe you know, change this, change things up a little bit where like people make it out, but this was still a really fucked up experience for them. And as they're booking it out in the beginning, we had mentioned that hand with the orange glow that on his face that reached out to him as they're you know, booking it out of the woods to get back to the van. None of that cheesy, the van won't start like none of that shit. Like they did it. You're good. You've made it. You're going to escape. But we could have the camera kind of come upon his body and as it's panning in on him just footsteps through the woods and then as the footsteps stop next to him that same orange glow appears over his body and the hand reaches down and grabs him by the shirt. So, almost like uh, had The way I worded it to Michael was um, if you've ever played The Witcher 3 there's a thing called a Leshen. It's like a forest spirit and that's kind of what it looks like but in this instance it wouldn't be the Leshen actually attacking people it would be the Leshen possessing people. So like it... Kills them, essentially, like, takes their body. That's why he's there as a ghost. And then when they finally, like, see him, it's the Leshen basically putting him in play to allow him to, like, go forth and wreck shit on these people. And then when they drop him, the Leshen comes back just to, like, basically reclaim him and discard him. Like, however many other people this thing has possessed. And that leaves it open, like, if we ever wanted to continue it or do something off of that, it leaves it open without cheesily, you know forcing a sequel so to speak because like the horror movies where everybody dies and then you hear about a part two coming out it's like how dude everybody's fucking dead so this kind of leaves that door open because we're not worried about the people who made it it's the fact that whatever is out there is still out there
0: so what would you say is the theme of the movie
1: i think the theme like like what like uh what kind of like shock and scare we're going for here no
0: like like what message do people take away from it is it just straight horror is it what message this
1: is interesting because so like when you leave it could be something about like the friends you ignore right the people that you don't pay attention to the the people that you just kind of lead along as friends and by the time you acknowledge them or when you acknowledge them, it's too late. It's a different person at that point.
0: Is this based on a true story? No.
1: <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe this is coming from some <laughs> deep-seated like uh, place that I've repressed. I don't know. I went through a divorce two years ago. Maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's what it's leaning on right now. I don't know. So one
0: thing that makes me cautious about a movie like that is when you do something where you sprinkle little clues... When it's an indie film, people see that, and they just think you made a mistake.
1: Oh, I suppose that's you a know, bummer though
0: it is a bummer, so the the obstacle would be finding a way to do things like that.
1: We'd have to make it obvious enough that people knew it wasn't an accident, but at the same time, you still want to leave fuck, okay, maybe I'm just overshooting my my l z here, but would we could we just forego the clues like Keep the clues simple, right? Like when he's talking to people and people don't acknowledge him, right? Right. That's a little bit more obvious than the the foot in the puddle and no water moves, right?
0: Yeah. Man, you'd have to do like CGI
1: for that. Yeah. He he. Michael explained to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the gist of it. That's the in my head how I saw it happening, and it's kind of similar to like the you know it could be that kind of message where you know the people you ignore. Can be dangerous because you ignore them, or the friends you abuse and and don't talk to very often could be the 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 people that wind up coming back to hurt you or something like that. Kind of like how uh, did you ever see the movie It Follows?
0: I don't think I did.
1: It's super interesting. You should watch it. So It Follows is a film that um, it's a horror film is based off of. There's this creature. Out there, but it takes the, the the face and shape and appearance of people, regular people, and it hunts you down. And the only way to get it to stop hunting you down, you can't kill it, you can't stop it. You ever heard the old adage of, uh, "Would you take ten million dollars, but there's a snail following you, and if the snail touches you, you die immediately?" Mm-hmm. It's similar to that, right? You can't kill this thing, you can't stop it. It's coming for you. And the only way to get rid of it is to have sex with someone. But if you have sex with that person, it's now gonna chase that person, and if it kills that person, it's coming back for you. so you have to not only fuck somebody but you gotta tell them like by the way, way worse than herpes uh there's this thing that's gonna be following you if it catches you, you're gonna die you you base you gotta go you gotta go fuck someone else and then like stay in touch with me because if you stop calling me, I'm going to assume that it got you and I'm gonna live my life in fear
0: so this movie sounds awesome, but are there boobs in the movie?
1: I uh, I don't even remember now to be. Probably honest not with you. then. I think so. I think so. I think it's rated R. Uh, hand me my phone.
0: Back right behind you. Back right?
1: right. on
0: the thing. Oh yeah. What am I looking up? If it follows, has boobs?
1: Are we actually doing this? I mean, I can Google it. My phone's right here. Ask yeah. Ask Siri about it. Hey Siri, does it follows have boobs? No, stop. I don't actually. Let me talk. see what I found on the web for that. <laughs> you and your girlfriend
0: having a to fight tonight?
1: It follows. The
0: main female character has sex
1: with... Here, read it. <clears throat> it's rated R, so I think naked breasts are shown. Read the whole The main way. female character has sex with three different guys, but the only nudity involves the monster's various forms. Naked breasts are shown. That's right. There's a part where the monster uh, Naked gets... monster breasts? But it takes the shape of a person, right? So it's just a human being, and it's um this one chick... And there's
0: a full frontal male.
1: I don't so remember that part. So there's naked
0: monster breasts and
1: dong? I don't remember that part. And you're telling me to go watch? You should watch this movie. You should check it out. There's some freaky fucking scenes in it, dude. Like, look at that. That's the monster. But it doesn't have to look like that. It can look like anybody. Okay. The movie starts, like, with that scene. So, like, it's... So what It's happen- fucked up. What happens if it kills you? Then it's just done, right? No, it goes to the person after that. Like, it goes back up the chain? Yeah, it starts walking its way down that ladder. So, like, if you pass it on to somebody, and they pass it on to somebody, and they pass it on to somebody, and they pass it on to somebody, and it got that person, it's going to go after the previous person.
0: So then it's like you're it again.
1: Basically, yeah. It's like a never-ending game of tag. Basically.
0: Hmm. I kind of want to watch that.
1: That's my idea story. was... Huh? It's an interesting story. My Have you seen idea it? was, is I would get, like, if I got it, I would fly to Europe... And go to a brothel.
0: That's so messed up.
1: It is messed up, but what better way to get that thing like 56 victims in front of me, right? So like I bought myself oh, at yeah, least but, a little bit of time.
0: But what if just like one lonely guy goes in there? That would be my fucking luck too, wouldn't his, it? His first time <laughs> and the only time. The 17-year-old
1: virgin wanders in there.
0: Fuck! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then he goes home and then it kills him and then it my kills her. My hope would be
1: is I would give it to some prostitute who like bangs this dude who's cheating on his wife but he bangs his wife but his wife's cheating on him with another dude who goes to a brothel and then she like it's that would be my hope but
0: can can we clip that just that right?
1: just that that's my hope right and gonna listen to this and then she's gonna be like what is what now and no you don't Don't understand (laughs) if this is a podcast like he said this is all gonna be like like you know behind the scenes shit but if it's a podcast did we not just spoil the whole film so,
0: when you talk about, like, you don't want to spoil the ending or whatever. Right. There's some hard truths to indie films. One of them being, nobody is going to watch this and then watch the movie and go, oh,
1: man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. I've never done this. I'm literally a guy who works with a guy who was like, I could use you in a movie. And I'm like, I'll do it. And
0: that That's not ripping on the film or on you or anything. It's just... Stuff like this tends to have more of a a closer audience where people people either watch this because they want to see what we're doing or they don't watch this and they stumble across that film. So to be overly worried about something like that, I mean... Kind of ridiculous. The the number of people that will
1: have that experience ruined... Yeah, there's 8 billion people in the world. You know? Yeah, okay, that's fair. I mean, my... If anything, there's a I few... I need to watch more indie films, to be honest with you. It's the one genre of film that I... God, dude, I, I don't think I watch a whole lot of it. Not knowingly, anyways.
0: If anything, there's a few people that will watch this and then watch that and then feel like, wow, that was cool. I got to see the whole process yeah. going all the way through. Like, it was just an idea, and now here it is. Because this is the
1: idea just being puked out right now. It's yeah. like, I got an idea, and then now it is. So, Did you ever see... There's a short on uh, YouTube. You ever seen the movie Lights Out? Dude, come on, we're talking about film here. Like You're the film guy. Well, you're no, the music I'm guy. No, I'm the music Mike guy. Mike the film guy. Um, Lights Out, which one's that again? It, it's another horror film. This one's just straight up jump scares, which is fine. If it's done correctly, it's an enjoyable time. I, I think Lights Out was enjoyable. It's not like some masterpiece of horror filmmaking, but it, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. The premise is of Lights Out that there's a creature that will kill you, but it can only get you in the dark. So... Every time you turn the lights out, you can see, like, this dark silhouette roaming around the room, and that's the creature, and it's coming to get you. It started as a short film on YouTube, and then it became a, a full feature-length film. I can actually uh, – I'll send it to you once we're done here. I'll put it in that group chat. It's – I think it's, like, five- or six-minute watch, and it's really good, actually. It's it's very, very good. Um, I would like to recommend a film to you if you have not seen it yet. Have you ever seen The Whale? No. In – Incredible, incredible! I I love going to movies. I love going to movies. I love going to movies for for everything. I love soundtracks. I have been to a concert based on Hans Zimmer's compositions in Munich, Germany. Like I I love it. I love everything about film. It's so just cool to me the way you can tell a story and and really invoke people to to feel whether it's one emotion or the other right you can make people scared you can make people happy you can make people sad and all of that can be done if done correctly the best way through film film music and video games are the three mediums that i found that can evoke emotion in a person beyond anything i've ever seen before um but the movie the whale do you know the gist of it no okay uh it's basically brendan Fraser's like conclusion to his comeback story right like not the conclusion i'm sure the guy's gonna go on to make more things but is
0: this a mummy sequel no
1: (laughs) that would be pretty wild if they tied that into it somehow but um he uh i won't spoil the whole film but it's got brendan fraser in it and uh, a cast of other actors whose names i've i've absolutely forgotten but they're 100 worthy of all the praise that they receive and it's incredible it is absolutely gut-wrenching it will destroy you for a couple days, but it is absolutely worth the watch. I strongly recommend it. It's uh, it's made by A24. Is that an indie studio? I'm really showing my lack of knowledge right now. I don't
0: know, actually.
1: Oh, okay. It's made by A24. It's a Darren Aronofsky film. So, uh, do you know who Darren Aronofsky is? No. Okay. Um, watch it. Just watch it. Just trust me on that. The soundtrack to it is absolutely incredible. You're a music guy, so you'll you'll really appreciate that. It's it's a very well done soundtrack. It doesn't uh there's a lot of like emotional and like sad movies where the soundtrack does too much work. Where it, it oversteps its bounds. The soundtrack steps in and, you know, steps on the moment, so to speak. Um there's uh but but it it, it accompanies the film perfectly.
0: And Who did the music?
1: it uh, you're gonna have to. You're gonna make me look that up now. Oh,
0: you don't have to look it up. I
1: have to because I don't want to not tell you. So the composer for the whale is boy. It's really gonna. No, give it to me. Um... God, this is really embarrassing I have to go to Wikipedia now uh the music was by Rob Simonson do you know who that is Mm -mm. me neither so but he did a fantastic job um strongly recommend it you gotta check it out it's it's well worth the watch I went and saw it in a movie theater by myself because my girlfriend doesn't really go to movies she goes to she likes romantic comedies and there's not a lot of those that I really jive with
0: what do you think is the saddest soundtrack ever?
1: Oh, God. um, The saddest soundtrack ever. Jesus, that's... Hans Zimmer's got some really intense ones. Um, but I'm talking just like sad, like you just hear it and your day is ruined. Um, Good Lord, that's really putting it out there. I would oh god if I had to pick the first one that jumps to my mind is A Small Measure of Peace by Hans Zimmer and it was in the movie uh, The Last, Last Samurai yes there we go um, that one the way the rest of the strings are picking up and that one violin comes in the like uh, while everything else is on that upswing and that one violin is just falling.
0: Nope. It's the harp.
1: Ugh. It, it, yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. I don't know shit about that, instruments.
0: That is my second favorite soundtrack of all time. Is it really? It
1: is. Perfect. Okay, yeah, so it's <laughs> it's phenomenal. I absolutely adore it, and that is... That's, if I've had a shit day at work and I kind of just want to feel something, I'll throw that on. Or um, probably the one that could that could bring me to tears in a moment is uh there's a song called many mothers from uh mad max fury road which is phenomenal and uh if you have you seen mad max fury road Mm -hmm. do you know the scene where she's um it's the scene where she is talking to the to the women and she's like we're going to the green place and they're like you already passed it and then they're like basically tell her that everything fell apart their world basically crumbled everything ended and she takes her, you know, prosthetic arm off and stumbles into the sand. And when she falls to her knees and just screams at the sky, that's the song Many Mothers. Really, really good soundtrack. There's also not a sad soundtrack that in that one, but the song uh, Storm is Coming is bad ass. I want to crash my car to that song. It's so fucking cool. <laughs> I haven't seen that since it was in theaters.
0: Really good. So I really don't remember.
1: Oh, it's phenomenal.
0: But... Yeah, that that composer, if I remember correctly, that's Junkie XL, Tom Holken Yeah, Borg. Is it is
1: it his band name or something like that? Junkie XL. Yeah, or he was like that? a DJ or something. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what it is.
0: He actually has a bunch of videos on YouTube where he breaks down some of the music from that movie.
1: Yeah, he's he's really good. He put that together really well. I think the the coolest part is. That's another example of a film that uses music appropriately right? where, where it doesn't step on the moment. Now, admittedly, that scene where uh, Charlize Theron's character falls to her knees, Furiosa, and screams at the sky, the music steps on that a little bit because the, the crescendo is just a touch too early in that, I think. I think it needs to, to upswing as she screams, not as she falls to her knees because it steps on her scream, right? You don't really get to hear the, the pain in her voice unless you're really listening to it, which I noticed on the second watch through, but it does it perfectly when they're going into the storm and when the tornadoes are like, you know, right next to them and the camera pans out and it's like those big tornadoes, that's when the big brass section hits and it's jaw dropping. How incredibly like powerful that scene of the film is. Like that was one when I saw it in theaters, I saw it in a theater that had the speakers cranked up and I really got to hand it to the guy who was running the show that day because he made it that much more enjoyable. And it's one of those moments where you're just sitting in your seat and you're like, this, this is why I go to the fucking movies, man. Like, this is incredible. Moments like that are so hard to find in film. And I find myself, I look too hard for them now. Like, like Dune, prime example. I like the movie Dune. It's a good movie. I can't wait to see the second one. But I expected way too much from it. And that's not fair to the film. And it's not fair to the people who put all that time and effort into the film. But I went into that film expecting some kind of like, I'm like, this is going to blow the fucking doors off the place. I'm going to leave this place with my fucking jaw on the floor. And if I had just gone in going, this is going to be a cool movie. I would have left so much happier. But I've done that to myself on more than one occasion for films. But then there's other movies where I've gone to where I'm like, whatever, this is going to be ass and I'm fine with it. And I find myself having a really good time. Like, um, you ever heard of End of the Storm? It's dog shit. It's it's a terrible film. It's it's basically a, a found footage version of Twister. And it's, oh, it's no. just as bad as you think it is. <laughs> no. But if you go into that going... I just wanna watch some pretty neat CGI tornadoes rip shit up. You're gonna have a great time. I love that movie. I will put it on anytime that I just wanna watch something in the background. If I can't find anything to watch, I will throw on Into the Storm or Twister. Twister's probably, I got a really unhealthy obsession with the movie Twister. I can recite it line for line, front to back, seen it easily four digits amount of times. I don't know why. I just, I really like weather films and like tornadoes have always like amazed me since I was a child. So Twister was my movie. From age, like, from the time it came out till adulthood, I still thoroughly enjoy that movie. My mother was scared to, like, show it to me because when it came out, I was, like, six or seven. I don't remember. And she's like, there's no way I'm going to let you watch this. It's going to scare the shit out of you. And she let me watch it. And I was like, this is the best film ever made. But, like, the movie Phantoms by Stephen King, nightmares for a week. (laughs) So it's weird. It's give and take.
0: I had nightmares from 13 ghosts.
1: I love that movie. That's one of my favorite scary movies.
0: I went to the Hollywood video, or no, video update. We're dating ourselves here. I I went with my mom, and we were picking out movies to watch, and I really wanted to pick that movie out. And she's like, I don't know, that looks kind of scary. And I'm like, come on, let's do it. It's going to be dope. We bring it home. We watch it. And I go to lay down, and (laughs) I really hope I'm younger than when that, like, because I'm about to, I cried I all 24. night. Yeah. Wait, I was 14? No, I could not sleep. I kept picturing the girl in the bathtub. Yep. And I remember for months after that, when I'd go in the bathroom, I'd have to open the shower yep. curtain because I was just terrified. God
1: forbid she be back there. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, my favorite ghost in that movie was the jackal. He was the craziest... See, was, I
0: don't even remember that. I just remember
1: that oh, one. Man. There was... The the big ones that I remember was... Uh, the Jackal was the the crazy guy with the cage over his face. He was like... I think they say he was like supposed to be the Charles Manson ghost or something like that. Um, there was the Juggernaut, who was the dude that they find in the beginning, who was just folding people up like lawn chairs and stuffing them into crushed cars. And... Um, uh, the Withered Widow or something like that, which was the guy's wife. That was... Really sad, but also, really, I thought that was kind of cool how they played that into the film. It was kind of cheesy and kind of shoehorn. Like, by the way, your dead wife is one of these ghosts that we need to open the gate to hell. But, but it was kind of cool. It added a little bit more weight to it. It, um, it's one of my favorite scary movies because there was a time where I'm gonna bring this a little bit closer. There was a time where my I lived with my mother. This is just a V2, right? Most of us did at one point or another. We all have mothers. I assume you lived with them at one point. Uh, but my mother, I lived with my mother by my, like, with single mom status for a while there. And she would take me every weekend to Blockbuster and we'd get popcorn candy. I get to rent a video game and she would rent a couple of movies and I get to pick one of the movies. And we picked 13 Ghosts one of those times. And that's like, when I think of that movie, I think of my mom, right? So it's like, obviously there's a fond connection. Same thing with The Others. That's, we rented The Others and we watched that. That was one of my favorite films too. So. I end up having attachments to movies that may not be that good, that are near and dear to my heart. I think everybody has a shitty movie that they like. Like the first Mortal Kombat film, everybody loves that movie. It's awful. We all know it, but it's a good movie. It's not, but we like it.
0: <laughs> all right, I'm going to give you my two saddest soundtracks.
1: Yes, I'm so down. One is
0: actually the saddest, the other one's just a random one that nobody talks about that you would not think is sad. Okay. okay. Saddest soundtrack ever, Schindler's List.
1: Yo, yes, uh, the violinist, Itzhak Perl, um, uh, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. That, god, man, I can't believe that missed me when I was talking about mine. Yeah, that is soul-crushing soundtrack, soul-crushing film, too.
0: And the other one, you're probably gonna be like, What? but just go listen to it. Okay. You ready? Liam Neeson The Gray
1: Man, I've seen bits and pieces of that movie and I I don't the music didn't stick out to me because I I watched it when I was when I was in the Navy um on the ships there were TVs that would play movies like there was uh we got movies sent to us and they would just throw them on the TVs and put them on repeat basically. So I saw pieces of it. And it was always never in a quiet place, so I couldn't really take in the, the the music. I'll have to check that out. You said Liam Neeson's The Gray.
0: It's the one where he's being chased by wolves. Yep,
1: I, I've seen the end of it when he's like, "It's their fucking den."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those movies where it was entirely pointless.
1: Yeah, there was no need for that film. Like we yeah. didn't we didn't need that movie. This is gonna be hard to find. I'm going to have to put in the gray soundtrack. Do you listen to any, like, uh, like orchestral compositions, like, outside of film? Not really. This I mean, is- other than video games, obviously. And there are video games with outstanding soundtracks, too. Okay, I'm going to download this right now or add to queue. There we go. Um, there's a composer, um, Max Richter who has a song called On the Nature of Daylight. And that is a gut-wrenching song as well. It's it, it's beautiful because it's it just repeats, right? That's something
0: that he just just wrote like it wasn't part yeah. of a
1: Yeah, it wasn't a part of a film. No, uh, no, it wasn't a movie. It was in um I don't think he wrote it for the movie, but it was in a movie. It was in um horror film Leonardo DiCaprio, Shutter Island. Uh did you ever see Shutter Island? Yes. The part where I believe it's the part where He's, like, talking to his wife, but, like, the, 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 the it's like a memory or a dream or something, and it's burning down. That violin and cello piece that you hear playing in the background, that's on the nature of daylight. And it's beautiful because the instruments, as they come in, they don't change. They just keep doing the same thing. So when you hear the cellos and it plays through their portion, the cellos just start over from where they started. And then the violins come in, and the violins do their portion. And then the violins just start over. And then there's another batch of violins that come in. They do their portion and then everything just starts over. There's nothing new. And then as it fades out, it does the same thing where the violins will fade out. The next group of violins will fade out. And then the cellos fade out. It's really well done. It's really simple, but it's really well done.
0: Yeah, I, don't, I remember that scene, but I don't remember the music. Take so a,
1: Trust me. Take a take a look at it. I'm about to blow up this group chat when I walk out of here and just be like, watch, 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 watch. And listen, listen, listen. Um. What is your, what is your biggest hype composition? Like a comp, a a, a a piece that you're just like, a piece that you would go to war in. Like the hypes
0: me up. Yes. <clears throat> uh, there's Rocky. a lot. Huh? What is you I said, Rocky.
1: Rocky, <laughs> great piece. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of good stuff from, this is something that's not from movies, Two Steps from Hell. You familiar with them? I'm not. They do like epic, pretty much trailer music. Okay. But they're like top, top dog trailer music. You will have heard some of their stuff in trailers. Okay. Like I have a couple of their albums and I'll see a trailer for something and I'm like, I have that song. Oh, perfect. You know? Um. But it's all epic music. Otherwise, I would say God of War Three.
1: Okay. I I'll have to look that up. I I I've listened to the God of War soundtrack, but it's the, the old or not the old ones, the newer mm-hmm. ones. Because I didn't have a PlayStation growing up, so I never got to experience yep. those. Um what I was thinking, do you, so it's funny you mentioned like guys making like trailer music and stuff like that. Do you know who Samuel Kim is? Mm-hmm. So I found I found him recently, and he's got a Duel of the Fates, epic version that is bonkers. Yeah, and I love it. And then I recently found, I think it was in Stranger Things, like this version of a uh, Separate Ways by Journey, that's just like epic version of it, and it's bananas too that's when I was talking to Michael about making a documentary on dirt track racing. Cause I grew up with dirt track racing and it's one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen and, and, and watched in my life. And I go to the races every weekend that I can. I travel at, all over the fucking country to go see these things. And I wanted to do a documentary on it just to like show people like this is amazing. And there's dirt tracks all over the country. You're probably not that far from one. And I thought about that song, that separate ways hindsight being what it is. Copyright up the, ass but it would have been cool to use that in like a trailer for it
0: yeah i've noticed there seems to be a trend going on with movie trailers where they take songs like that yeah and they take the vocal and mix it into like a hybrid yeah i just saw one there's a trailer for um i can't remember what movie it is they have like a chili pepper song and then there was one i saw they had an aerosmith song in it where they take the vocals and then they Turn it into like a trailer track yeah. mix between it. That'd be sweet. So I feel like that's a new thing that's going on right yeah. now. Yeah,
1: there was um, a movie called I don't. Oh, God, I'm not gonna th- remember this for the life of me. It's it's a movie. It's it's another horror film, of course. Uh, that seems to be the theme today. Um, it takes place in a high school. Uh, Monster slash ghost name is Charlie, and he hangs people. And they... maybe it's just called the Hangman. I don't remember. But in the trailer, they did a version of um, basically like a, a, a female doing the a, a somber vocal version of uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana, yep. which I thought was really cool. So I, I get into all that stuff like trailer music. I listen to like if I put my phone on like my super mix, which is what my music app does. It basically takes all the music I listen to and compiles a. It's called a super mix, and it goes. All over the place, dude. Like it'll start off with like here's some orchestral composition from Hans Zimmer, and and here's some brutal heavy fucking metal by Shrine of Malice or The Black Dahlia Murder, and then it's like, do you like Taylor Swift? We got that. And then because my girlfriend has a daughter, it's like, by the way, here's Crazy Frog. Like, oh god, like it's all over the place, and I, I love all of it. Music's incredible. Music, like I said, music, film, video games are the three mediums that will move you more emotionally. It's the only thing that can impact you as much or more than real life.
0: Clip that. Yeah, that was
1: good.
0: What? Everything you just said there at the end. Oh. Okay. Um, I was going to do this earlier, and now that we're having more serious conversations, it's going to be even more awkward, but I brought yes. a few gifts.
1: Me? Yeah. What? Why? I
0: have no idea what this is, so...
1: You're lying. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm uncomfortable. (laughs) Is this like the. This is what the podcast really is? I'm about to just get off and you're gonna sell it on the black market? (laughs) It's not film. (laughs) It's not film, yeah. Um, what? I'm shook right now. What
0: do you think is in this box? I don't fucking
1: know. literally could be anything what could be in here if it's a severed head i'm gonna be very upset wayne's world come on it's a severed head it is a fucking severed head you told me sure. it actually is a severed head it's actually a severed head that wayne's world bit, how did you know that was in there i did it was from wayne's world that's why i said it because have you seen wayne's world i
0: was thinking
1: of seven no you, you seen the box? right but you seen wayne's world right did you tell him that was in there? No. Oh, I don't
0: know. I don't know what's in there.
1: I saw this on the shelf upstairs on the ledge. And I was like, yeah, What I the fuck? It's that. a severed head. And then I said that joke because in Wayne's World, have you seen Wayne's World? When I was like five. There's a God damn it, you gotta rewatch it. There's a scene in Wayne's World where his girlfriend, who it's his ex-girlfriend, but she walks up to him in the donut shop and she's like, I got you a gift. And he's like, Why would you get me a gift? Like, we broke up, and she's like do you, aren't you going to open it? And he's like, if it's a severed head, I'm going to be very upset. And then it turns out it's a gun rack. And he's like, a gun rack? What am I
0: going to do with a gun rack? So what would you do if there was a gun rack in here? Stop. <laughs> uh, I'd lose it. What? what we use these for? What? What? These are what we were planning to use them for. Oh, a horror movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's we what... We have like 40 of them. Well, cool. We can just paint them up and... Yeah.
1: Um, I brought you... How, how far did you drive? Um, like 30 minutes from home.
0: Okay. I brought you something for the road anyway. Okay.
1: What is this? It's cats in the kitchen. Kitty gone wild, wild salmon recipe. Is it cat food?
0: (laughs) I have cats.
1: What is this? It's not cat food. What is it? it.
0: No, it's it's human food.
1: You're lying. (laughs) You should try it. Kitty gone wild, grain starch and carrageenan free. Okay,
0: that's, Where? Like, that's like $3. I'm going to need that back. Okay, that, This would have been funnier at the beginning. Now it's kind of just
1: well, really I, awkward. I I have cats, so I was like, this is convenient. I was
0: intentionally not talking to you when you got here because I was just going to make it super weird. And then we kind of did that without this stuff. So Oh. Um,
1: but I do have a grand finale. Am I keeping the head or is that staying here too?
0: That has to stay here okay. too.
1: So I'm not leaving you with anything. 40. It just can't be that one. We can give you one of the 40. Just walk into Kristen's house. It's a banana for scale. What?
0: The producer's judging me. It's a banana for scale? For scale? Yeah. What do you mean for scale? Does
1: nobody go on Reddit? I feel like I'm the only one... I'm on one Reddit on... all the time. The pictures, man. Like, when somebody's like, here's this fucking rock I found, banana for scale, and, like, they should put a banana next to it so you know the size of the rock I... I should probably go home. You should uh,
0: probably stay <laughs> off the uh, NSFW subreddits. Banana for scale.
1: I can't even, like... Kay. I don't subscribe to them. I'm not a weirdo, okay? Like, you just save them. And then, like, it's like, you know, to go back to... It's quick access. Right, exactly. He gets it. We had this
0: theory about bananas. Okay. Okay. I'm... This is just...
1: What? No, nothing. Banana
0: makes you uncomfortable. A little. Why?
1: You just gave me a severed head and cat food, and you're like in the grand finale, fucking the minion over here. Banana, like.
0: (laughs) Well, this is pretty normal compared to the other two.
1: Yeah, that's what bothers me. (laughs) I'd rather it been another severed head if I'm being honest. Why? It's food. What's the deal with the banana? Let's talk about the banana. What's
0: the deal with the severed head?
1: (laughs) I just want to know about the banana. What are we doing?
0: I brought a banana. That's dope. I have a theory. What is your theory? The theory is that you should... Pause.
1: Have you tested this theory? If you haven't tested this theory, then it's just a hypothesis.
0: I have not tested this theory on a stranger. You have a hypothesis. I do. The hypothesis is that you should never look another man in the eyes.
1: As I'm doing so right now. When you eat a banana. So don't peel the banana and we're going to be fine. Okay,
0: I won't. (laughs) He's peeling the banana.
1: I can't. I can't. It's an ASMR video now. I can hear this through the headphones. What? It's just a banana. It's fucked up on top. Don't. I'm just going to. I'm going to. I can't look at you. Eat this banana. It is weird. It is weird. It's weird to watch people eat, period. Why is it's, it weird? I can't just lock eyes with you Why? When you're eating it. It has nothing to do- stop licking it for starters. Like, that's really going to drive the point home. Why? What? Do you want me to kiss it then? Like, what? <laughs> I'm sober and this. <laughs> I. Can I. <laughs> I stopped smoking weed, like, three to four weeks ago, and I really wish I hadn't, because this would probably be... I'd probably be wheezing on the floor right now if I had... Stop! (laughs) It's every What What is the deal? You made it weird, because you're like, I have a hypothesis that you can't look a man in the eyes.
0: What if it was a
1: popsicle? (laughs) And I was going... (laughs) If it was a popsicle, it makes sense, but it doesn't, so it's actually not bad. If my grandmother had wheels, she'd be a bike, okay? At this point, it's not. It's Ugh. not real. It can't be real. It's wet, and that's what's bothering me, is that you've been licking it so the banana's just wet. Um now it's weird. <laughs> You have
0: officially passed the banana test. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but
1: congratulations. Thank you. Say, Eric, I bet your fans, if they enjoyed this, could find us on YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook, where they could find more podcasts, and would you say they could find behind-the-scenes stuff, too?
0: I don't want my fans to see this
1: would like to take this opportunity to thank everyone who joined us this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you may be watching. And we hope to see you on future episodes of the Bink Films Podcast. Bink Film. Of the Bink Film Podcast. Once again, my name is Josh. This is your host, Eric. And we'll see you next time.
0: You can leave now.